Welcome back to the Max Effort Kitchen Podcast. We got a great segment for you. It's called The Athlete and the Chef. So sit back, relax, and let's go. Kitchen. I am your host Matt, and this is Cornell, and we are here to talk uh, about whatever. <laughs> I like okay, okay. Couple disclaimers here today. Um, a, there's a big football game going in my uh, going on tonight at my house. So if you hear a bunch of screaming, my family is okay. We don't, it's all good. <laughs> we have major you, eagle fans you in hear the house. Screaming at my house. <laughs> maybe something's going on maybe not so good okay <laughs> second is i'm a little loopy because i'm on the i'm on some sort of cold medicine that has um actually make me feel a lot better but uh <laughs> if i start saying things that are, don't make sense that's probably why um Cornell, how you doing buddy uh I, I really uh, think first of all thanks for switching up the show um appreciate you, uh, you uh, having the flexibility there but i'm really excited to talk about the meat um, I saw, I saw, so I reposted something here where I watched you pretty much muscle snatch at 120. And I, it was, that, I mean, I've seen you do a lot of impressive shit, but that was really cool. No, it was, so there was a meet at the gym t- this last weekend and I looked at it as an actual train through meet. Some people yeah. look at train through meets and they're like, oh, well, you have to go light if you're going to do a train through meet. And I'm like, you really don't. You just have to learn to have zero expectations if you try to go heavy. Right. Like you're right. not necessarily in that top peak condition. Yeah. But then other times the stress of a peaked big meet will you'll do bad at just because of the stress. So this one was literally like, no stress at all. Um, and the other part that we were going to do with this is I got a meet coming up in four weeks that I need to cut a little bit more weight. So I was seeing how I handled the weight cut. Yeah. So that was the real P or the real reason for this meet. And then, then that makes sense. You know, I've never, I don't know if I've ever approached a meet like that where it was just like, this is, it really means like, I, I guess, hypothetically it means nothing, but, um, but it was like, you know, leading up to it, you weren't like tapering, cutting. I mean, you were cutting, but that's, you're really doing that for the meat ahead of time. It, it's just the mentality of this meat. There's got to be a level of stress that completely comes off your shoulders by, by doing it that way. Yeah. Some of the other parts where I was like, okay, I'm just going to open. I told people I'm like, I'm going to open these numbers and I opened lighter. I nice. I was thinking 125, 155. I ended up opening at 2550. Nice. Nice. And yeah, you, yeah, like I said, you made 25 look absolutely insanely easy. Yeah. So one of the other big parts that I am a fan of is learning to make bigger jumps. So I'm like, you know what? I'm going to make training jumps. I'm not going to make well-calculated competition jumps that will, uh, that make sense on paper. I'm just going to go like, all right, I make 10 kilo jumps generally. Let's just make 10 kilo jumps. So 25, 35, 45, and then 50, 60, 70. Um, I had no idea if I was going to make <laughs> <laughs> realistically any of the, I mean, any of the, after the first, the first the openers, I didn't have a clue what was going to happen after that. But it was funny 
right when that bar broke the floor on the first the opener at 25 mm-hmm. in my brain i said i think i'm gonna power this and then i'll <laughs> go 35 next yeah well you did <laughs> i mean yeah. that was yeah no i saw that and, and that makes i mean listen i think we all kind of do this at least people that i've seen uh you know compete recently which is like when you get out on that platform, you know, you have that, that adrenaline pumping and we're powering a lot more things than we think, you know, that you're pulling it higher, you're pulling it back, you know, you're, you're locking it out a lot quicker. Like, I, I think it's really, for me, it, it was always, it's always in the pole. Cause I end up powering a lot with my first two attempts and then it's like something really heavy and I have to go under, but, um, I think I think that has a lot to do with with the adrenaline. I mean, is but you didn't. You're saying, you know, you walked out there with this one and you didn't have adrenaline. This is just like a weight that you've hit. Like, I mean, what what percentage is that? Twenty five is roughly eighty two percent. Okay, so you hit it on the regular. Yeah, that. Yeah, I mean today. Today was one of those days where the program was written for someone who didn't just compete two days before. Um, no matter how much <laughs> lack of stress there was in that competition, it still stresses your body. Right. Uh, so like I was supposed to hit like four or five doubles at, uh, one twenty two today. So 80%. Yeah. So I just touched one ten about four or five times. I don't even know how many for singles. And I just moved on after that moved on, meaning I went and squatted 105 kilos and then went home. I didn't nice. do anything else. <laughs> I think there's a huge benefit in doing that. Like I've had those days where I'm just like, I'm out and I'm, and I, it was when I was getting ready for this last meet, I was, I, I was working towards it. And, and, you know, like four, three, four weeks, uh, you know, out you're beat up mm-hmm. and I'm just not hitting the weights that I, I, I'm like, Oh, I should be hitting it. You know, my head's telling me I should, my body's saying no. Um, but it's, uh, it's like being able to have the control of the mindset to say, you know what? It's not that big of a deal. I know it's there, you know, and then just go squat a little bit and be like, I'm going home. Yeah. No, I think that the program is, the program is there if you're feeling really good. And if it's, yeah. I'm not saying that the program is right. If you're constantly not feeling good and constantly skipping things, yeah. um, I would say in the perfect world, you wouldn't be skipping things, but if you're not feeling good, I don't think you're, you're better chance. You're going to get hurt trying to complete the program instead of just say like, it's going to be, it's going to be better tomorrow. It's going to be better Wednesday. It's going to be better right. the next training session. Yeah. So, well, a, a, a program is interesting because like, you know, I've been hearing a lot of talk about programming and like kind of the way everybody has their own views on what they do. And I heard something out of all people, Greg Glassman, not too long ago, where he was talking about like, you know, consistent training and between 70 and 80% shows like all he was, he was going into his scientific data, like shows all this data that you actually gain muscle and, and create and build muscle and muscle memory better if you train consistently in the 70 and 80%. So that way, when you do go 90, you have that muscle. Um, I know in weightlifting, it's a little bit different. You know, Greg, Greg Glassman's the, the CrossFit guy, but in weightlifting, it's a little different because you want to feel the heavyweights. There is something to that. But something I found out in this most recent program that, I've, that I'm on, that I start, you know, I started in June and 
um, still on it. And I remember talking to you and be like, how do you, how do, how don't know how the hell I'm going to hit these numbers if, you know, I don't even feel them. How am I going to do that? But then I get out and this was, you know, I, I was, I think I muscle snatched a hundred, you know, hundred kilos. And that's not, that's not like me. That's not typical to me. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just wish I wouldn't have been injured cause I couldn't imagine what I would have hit, you know, <laughs> yeah. cause I felt like nothing. I mean, aside from the injury, like I was like, this is light. Like I was yeah. moving fast and light. Like, and so, and then like, well, I don't know, two weeks after the injury has healed up. Um, and I'm, I, I just did like, what was it last week? I did, uh, a set of 10 for at 160 in the back squat, which, you know, two weeks wow. prior, you probably would never would have got that out of me, but I'm like, <laughs> where did that come from? <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. Yeah. I think some of the other part with the, with programming is <clears throat> if you're thinking 80% isn't heavy, um, yeah. go hit a set of five at 80%. Yeah, exactly. Like, not not hit it not working up from hitting a week at 70 another week at 75 a third week at 80 just yeah. go hit it at 80 yeah um but uh, if you're if the program is right and you're building the way that you should uh you could end up hitting i mean just because it's still 80% of your one rep doesn't mean that you're only capable of your one rep by you yeah. building up your 80% um, and making it look better, hitting it for more reps, like that kind of stuff, your one rep, if everything aligned right, um, could be way more at that moment. So the 80% is, and, or the 70 to 80%, that's going to be more of an average of where you're at. It's yeah. not necessarily like um, you're you're probably capable of much more when you're sticking into those percentages consistently. Hmm. I like that. You know, as you were talking, uh, it, it reminded me that what you were just talking about reminded me of a thought I had, uh, driving in the car last week. I don't know, like, but, but I had this thought last week where, um, I was wondering like in your opinion, and I keep on to ask you this in your opinion, once you get above 90%, like, what do you think matters most, strength or technique? We talk about this all the time at the gym. I know. Uh, okay. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> no, so one of the things, not necessarily just like in those yeah. words, but this yeah, phrase yeah. is something that we talk about all the time. There's some days where it's all strength and it's no technique. Yeah. And those are great days because that means that you're feeling so good that you're just able to to move, move the bar real good. And then there's other days where that bar is barely moving, but you're squeaking under it. And then we say all it like all technique, no strength. Okay. Um, and I guess it could be another, it could flip flop the other way where if you're just feeling like trash, but you're, you're feeling stronger, you're just muscling through movements. Then I guess you could say it that same way as well. Right. But for us, it's more like, when we're exhausted, there's no strength left. We're just going off of like pure instinct and muscle yeah. memory and just moving. So yeah. um, I would say that generally when I see people miss, they're trying to muscle through 90 plus percent. You'll see them mm-hmm. change things up. You'll see them 
I hate it when I, I know we're going to talk about this later, but yeah. this wasn't one of my, my things that I was going to list. But when someone is on fire and they're building up and building up and building up, and then all of a sudden it's like, it's the opportunity. It's that 95 to 101 percent, like mm-hmm. the, the lift that they really wanted for the day. And then all of a sudden they, they sit down, they go put their knee wraps on and then they go get their belt out. And then they get their <laughs> wrist straps. It's like, you just added three different things to the equation that you don't need any oh. of that because you just smoked like 95 or 93%. Yeah, like, dude. why are you, everything's going to move different now. And then they never make it. And then they don't make it. Exactly. And, you know, there's something to be said about being in the groove and kind of having um, everything be the same, you know, I, we always hear it and I, I do believe it is like when you walk up to the bar, everything should be the same through your pole all the way to your catch, all the way to the stand up. Like that is the ultimate goal is to create, you know, uh, symmetry all the way through. So um, if you're hitting those lifts and then you go put on your stuff, it's nothing's going to be the same. <laughs> like that's crazy. I, I don't know. I'm, I'm also a little superstitious and I, I kind of have a, a weird way of walking up. And if I don't walk up that way, I, I reset myself. I'll walk off the platform and be like, okay, let's do this again. <laughs> it's kind of stupid sometimes, but generally I, um, or I'll, I'll walk back from the bar and I'll reapproach with a different mindset, you know, like, okay, get that out of your head, go. Cause I know we've all been in the place where We've walked up to the bar and you're about, and, and I don't know, maybe you haven't, but I've like walked up and be like, I'm not going to hit this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm just ruining it from the start. So I have to step back and like, kind of like talk to somebody or, or do something stupid to get my head out of that setting. Sure. Yeah. No, I remember right after the last meet that I did, uh, the next week we just randomly started hitting some power cleans. Yeah. And I wasn't wearing a belt because we were just hitting power cleans. And then all of a sudden we loaded up my second attempt at the clean and jerk in the competition the week before. And I still didn't have a belt on. And in my brain, I'm like, Oh, should I, I should probably put a belt on. I'm like, I didn't need it for anything so far. Why? We just added five kilos yep. to yep. this. We just added five kilos to the, the bar is I can hear everyone going yeah, crazy. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah um, I just added five kilos to the bar. That last one wasn't anywhere near needing a belt. Why do I think I should put one on now? And I'm so then in my brain, I was just like, I'm just going to go for it. And I ended <laughs> nice. up making it. Um, maybe I could have gone up more if I put a belt on after that, but there was not any reason to. Yeah. Why so, do it? You know, if your body's moving right and you don't need it, like don't do it. You know, um, I, it's interesting because the first time I ever learned about a weightlifting belt or, or a belt in general, it was for safety precautions. So you don't blow out your back. Right. But if we're doing this consistently, right, those back muscles are pretty darn strong. Maybe some of it's for hernia too in the middle. I don't know. Um, I've always felt that a, a belt is for your, for your low back in the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and just to help you brace, but again, and you've said this, if you know what you're doing in bracing, you don't need a belt. Like you shouldn't. I mean, now, okay, listen, you're not going to catch people probably cleaning, you know, 200 kilos without a belt or anybody that we know at least. <laughs> um, but 
um, it's, it's a safety precaution. That's kind of what I'm getting at. It's, it's a safety precaution that, that helps protect you just like, I guess the knee wraps are too, right? Sure. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, the knee wraps have other benefits to them, but yeah, um, there's also some other things with the belt where a lot of people don't actually even know how to use a belt properly where they're yeah. getting it way too tight. And yep. Uh, especially with leather belts, it's a total different feel than a Velcro belt. And a Velcro really one, is. you do have to get tighter because they stretch. Yeah. Uh, they don't hold as well, but you can get them tighter. Um, and then someone will try a, a leather belt and not understand that you just made it so tight that you're not allowing yourself to be able to brace because you're yeah. trying to let that belt do the whole all the work. And like you're capable of way more, but sometimes your mind makes you think like oh i need this this safety blanket before i can yeah. try this yeah well you know i only use that that onyx belt do you hear that onyx i only use your belt um so anyway <laughs> we are not sponsored by any means <laughs> that's my that's my filthy attempt at trying to get something if, if they even hear this but um no, I, um, I, I agree with the, the fact that people, you know, a lot of people don't know how to use it and they try to get it tight and it's like, you need room in there. I always like the, the two finger approach. <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm, I'm in a, I'm in a different mood today. It's, it's all different, but it's like, if I can fit my two fingers between my belly and my belt, then that, that's, that feels good. If I can squeeze them out a little bit, even better. Um, and so that to me like that that's what i i was taught is like having that space in there for when you do expand underneath the lift like that is then it help that's where it's helping you um well, i don't know what what is uh what's your kind of rule of thumb on the belt no i like that i think that with a especially with a leather belt um and again we're talking for weightlifting we're not talking yeah. for powerlifting there's Correct. that's probably Correct. done in a way that I don't have any knowledge for, so I don't want to like say something that all these powerlifters and get out here. Yeah. All, all, all 25,000 of them are going to be. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but my thoughts on a belt is if it's a leather belt, you shouldn't have to unbuckle it right when you're done. Like you should right. be able to sit and be fine and breathe. And it shouldn't be like making it you struggle. Yeah. Um, so it should be loose enough that you could just wear it. Yeah. So it doesn't exactly. mean you, you don't, but uh, I'll normally take it off because I'm not an on the minute kind of person. But if there is like an EMOM, you shouldn't be needing needing to take it off. Yeah. Yeah. No. And I'm, I'm with you on that. I like, you know, once I put my belt on, just like it's my wraps, I like to have everything tight and I don't want to, I don't want to undo it. Hold on one sec. We won. Okay. Good job. Cool. Yay. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Anyways, uh, Eagles won. That's a, that was a big win. My wife's from Philadelphia, so that's that was that's the whole thing there. Back to what I was saying. Um, something about a belt. <laughs> <laughs> Being able to put it on part of your uniform. Yeah. Yeah. No, I like to be able to. Once I put on a belt, I don't want to loosen it, and so I'll get it to that perfect tightness, and then that's it, and it's sitting there, and I'll be able to like sit down in it, right? Mm-hmm. And so, and then I'll be able to get up and do my lift. And so that usually tells me it's on the right weight. Sometimes it takes a little adjusting at first. I like the leather belt. I yeah. used to play with, with the, with the, you know, the CrossFit one. What is it? The E22 Velcro. or whatever. It is. Yeah. That Velcro belt back there. Um, but 
you know, I, I just don't like it. It would, it would loosen. It would, like you said, it stretched. I felt like I had to like, just really reek on, like wrench on that thing to get it to the point where I liked it. So once I made the move to the leather belt, it was, it was the way to go. Yeah. No. Plus you, you kind of get used to where it's supposed to be. And there's, there's only so many holes that um, you can like set it to. So yeah, I know yeah. with my, my normal Onyx belt, I'm on the third one. I know with my, I also have a handful of belts <laughs> with my Wallace belt. I think I'm on the third, but right now I'm, I could go to the fourth just nice. because I, I dropped some weight for this meat. Nice. Um, and then there's been other times where I'm on number two and I'm like, Oh, I'm getting, I'm getting a little big. <laughs> so. Yeah. I never thought about that. That's a good way of like, <laughs> Oh, Hey, that's something like um, to switch gears a little bit here. Like, Whatever I, I have, I've had something for like the past four days, some cold, I don't know what it is. Um, but whatever it is, Cornell, I am, I'm eating like a monster. <laughs> I mean, I had for breakfast this morning, like I had two bowls of oatmeal, like a, almost a whole container of those, uh, those, um, wasabi almonds. I had like two muffins, two cups of coffee. Dude, I'm, I weighed myself yesterday. <laughs> and I know this will come off, but I was pushing like I was 104.8, dude. Wow. I have that's what never, I weighed in at. I've never that's, been 104.8, dude. That's what so I weighed like, in at at the meet. I almost texted you and was like, I think we weigh the same. <laughs> <laughs> but it's crazy. Like the amount of eating that my body has taken on right now. Um, and it's like when I get hungry, it's like a hunger that needs satisfied. It must be like stressing my body out because I've never, I mean, I eat, I eat hard, but I've never eaten like this, this crazy amount of food. Nice. Yeah. Kind of cool. I can't wait. I'm going to, we're going to lift tomorrow. Uh, the boy, uh, Damon and Eric are coming over here and we're going to lift. And I'm like, I wonder, I wonder how I'm going to move weight tomorrow. That'll be I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> move it real slow, but it, you're not going to yeah. get sore. <laughs> yeah. Real, real things going to be slow motion, but we're going to move it. Yeah. No. Um, I, uh, you know, you, you sent me a polo, was it last week, I think, or Friday about something we we're going to talk about. And I mean, we've kind of already hit on a couple of them, but it was like, kind of like the, the, the pet peeves within, um, within the weightlifting world. Mm -hmm. Um, it's conversations you hear about all the time. And I think we should, you know, I got, I mean, I got a, I got a couple of them. I, I think one of my main pet peeves, and this may not even be a thing, dude. Like, I I haven't dealt with it in a super long time. But um, Eric and Damon will tell you, if you come over here and lift in my gym, like, my family is trained. They know when we're snatching, they don't walk out here. They don't, they don't, nobody walks in front. It's like I... <laughs> I must have been really mean in the beginning because um, <laughs> my family, like, well, they'll creak the door open. They'll look to see if anybody's lifting and then they'll run out real quick if they have to. But um, the way the door is, is you're kind of staring at the pathway. Mm -hmm. And when people sit there, like I used to have this, I used to work at a global gym or not work, but I used to work out at a global gym and I'd have this girl consistently just doing deadlifts in front of me. And I'm like, listen, A, I don't need any of that. B, um, could, you, could, could you just like move 
to the side a little bit. Like, <laughs> um, and so I, uh, I don't know. I, I think one of my pet peeves is kind of the lack of respect towards your, uh, fellow gym mates. Um, when they're doing their perspective sport or whatever. Does that yeah. make sense? No, that I think that's a big thing is seeing what's around and paying attention to who's doing what they're doing. And yeah. uh, especially when they're mid pull, this isn't, this isn't like powerlifting or globo gym stuff or any of that kind of a thing. This is yeah. like, you're doing something very quick, very instinctively, um, so if someone just walks in front of you without paying attention, then that's, that's definitely kind of not something that should happen. Yeah. And I think that there's the, you know, when I first heard about it, I was like, I wonder why people get mad about that, but I understand it, you know? And I mean, I, I, I guess at first, before I actually started doing weightlifting and competing and being, and taking it seriously outside of CrossFit, um, I was I was like, oh, okay, well, we're in a gym. I, I get it. People are going to walk in front of you. I, I, I kind of understand that. But there's such a thing with a line of sight. But also, it's like if I drop this bar, I don't want to hit you with this thing. Yeah. <laughs> like it's a safety thing. And and But it also – the line of sight thing is, is a real thing. Like where you put your eyes is uh, – it helped me a lot in the beginning. Like I would stare at a nail in my ceiling just to keep my head up, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, um, but uh, yeah, that's kind of, I guess that's, that's one of my pet peeves. What do you got? So I'll just tackle onto that one really quick. So okay. the gym that we're in, there is the one area that is for lifting and then there's some benches. And then on the other side, that's like the squatting and the pulling area. Yes, And oftentimes I will see people that far away all of a sudden stop and like try not to walk by. And I'm like, no, I, I think that it's like a eight to 10 foot. If you're eight to 10 feet away and there's other things mm -hmm. like you're, you're past the other platform. Yes. So in my opinion, that's what I just tell people, I'm like, no, you're past, like you're, you're good. That's yeah. not the don't walk in front of me area. And honestly, when you're that far away and you just stop, it almost makes more, um, it draws more attention to you. Yeah, um, I think you're right about that. And I, that's a good point because I did think about that while I was there. But if you have another platform in between you, then it shouldn't make a difference, right? Yeah. You should be okay. You're in the clear. <laughs> yeah, it's not like telling people like, oh, you, you can't stand in that part of the building. <laughs> <laughs> All right, exactly. So, no, it was funny today when I was at the gym, I talked to a handful of people and I asked a couple of people what some of their pet peeves were. Yeah. And there were so many real good ones. Um, <laughs> one of the ones was uh, overly, how, how did he put it? Overly complicated warmups. Like yeah. where they come in and they have to spend their 45 minutes with their rubber bands doing their duck walks and oh, their, dude. like all of the little rubber band work. And I was like, oh yeah, that like, you really don't, if, if you're feeling good, you're feeling good. Yeah. Like I'm 41 years old. I can stretch a little bit with my hips. Not, it doesn't take too much. I grab a PVC pipe, do some around the world, some whatever I need to. And then it's pretty much the bar. Just yeah. get that bar overhead, do some strict press, push press, overhead squat, go down into the bottom of a squat, do some tall snatches, and you're ready to go. Yeah. 
I mean, I, I think, <laughs> I think it's like usually the, I don't know. I don't want to say it. I don't want to pigeonhole masters into this, but we, we are, are uh, we do, we, we kind of get put in this pigeonhole of like, you know, doing a lot of warm up or, mm-hmm. or stuff, whatever. Um, I don't do a ton of warm up. I left an empty bar warm me up. If I do need to stretch or like, you know, sometimes I'll have like Alana, like, you know, she'll walk on my back in certain areas or, um, or I'll use like, um, I got these bands now. And so I've been like, really like pulling my shoulder a little bit out with the band and, and just doing some stuff. There's some shoulder stuff with him, Mm -hmm. but outside of that, I just let the, the empty bar warm me up. Yeah. No, that makes sense. But also you've got some trouble areas. Yes. So I know people who will go into the gym and like you see them, it's like, Oh, there'll be, doesn't matter every (laughs) single day, 25 minutes over there. It's like, you must not have kids or family or anything else going on in life. Yeah, that's um, a good point. But that's if you're really feeling good, good, you're just going to grab the bar probably and start moving. Um, yeah. So it doesn't mean you don't stretch and do all those things after. Or I, I would much rather do those when I'm at home or whenever I have some free time instead of being like I have to get all of like my 15 rubber band walks and um, <laughs> the lat the lat pull-ups like where you just scat pull-ups and all that yep I just come yep up, no come don't need all that I don't need all that or That's also the phrase like I need to learn here's another one that was out there I need to learn to activate my glutes or <laughs> I don't use my I don't use my quads when I'm lifting. It's like yeah, you really are using yeah. your quads. You just someone made some them. comment and you didn't know what that yeah. meant, so you just went with it. Yeah. Well, everybody ha- everybody has an opinion in this stuff, but yeah, you're using your quads. I promise you. Um, yeah. So uh, yeah, <laughs> that that's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, cause you also, you know, where I, I see that a lot is the YouTube videos of the European lifters where they're, you know, they're showing them warm up all the way up to like 150 or whatever, but they're showing them do all these things. And, and some people seem to get that in their head of like, I, I should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I should be wearing those shoes. Oh, like those, the, the straps I sent you or the, the photo of the straps I sent you the other mm-hmm. day. I'm like, what are these straps? And then I caught myself being like, ooh, maybe I should. No, no. (laughs) You don't need to go buy boxing freaking wraps. And yeah, no, anyways. Um, Okay, here is uh, something that I have. And I've actually talked about this a lot. You and I have talked about this a lot. And it's, I don't know what area of fitness it comes from, but we do hear about it in the weightlifting world, which is, people trying to be nutritionists and <laughs> trying to act like they know the right diet for, for the, for everybody in weightlifting. And that, that one thing is I can honestly say it's a pet peeve of mine because, you know, I have, I have the understanding of food. I have the understanding of nutrition. I think we all do here. And then I have the understanding of weightlifting and it's a pretty simple equation. You eat, the right food, you eat a balanced meal, you put enough calories in you to where you can burn those calories and then you reload those calories. <laughs> and it's just a cycle. Like there's a thing about, there's a thing out there that we got to either excessively eat or we got where we need to like be like super into our macros and our micros and, and I can only have this many carbs and no, 
just eat a balanced meal, people. Like eat balanced and you'll get all the energy you need. If you need a little bit more, throw a little bit more meat or a little bit more vegetables or carbs or whatever you need. Just just do it. But we don't need to sit here. I mean, unless we're on Team USA and we're making money, like I I think if we just start at a balanced meal and go from there, then we need to stop telling people how to eat. No, I like that. Yeah. One of the other things that goes along those lines that drives me crazy is when they say, Oh, I want to do, I want to do a clean bulk. <laughs> like, we talked about this. You, oh, I've never heard that before. Oh. oh, so do you also like to heat up your ice before you <laughs> go to bed and put it on your shoulder or what, what's going on with this? Okay. Hold on. I got to put my ice in the microwave, but ice my shoulder. <laughs> so we've talked about this a little bit and I've talked, yeah. it makes sense in my brain, but in my brain, let's say that when you're eating your well-balanced meal, we're just talking right. volume here. You have okay. maybe three cups of food. I'm just right. pulling a measure, yeah, no. measurement. Out. Cool. I, I have no idea. Yeah. If you want to do a clean bulk and let's say your, your meal is a thousand calories in three okay. cups. Okay. Well, you want to do a clean bulk. So you want to get to. 1500 calories. So you, so now all of a sudden you have to eat three or four and a half cups of the same amount of food. That's your well-balanced food to get that extra hundred or 500 calories. Okay. And then, so now in my, my, the way my brain works, I'm no nutritionist or whatever, but <laughs> your stomach is going to get used to having four and a half cups of food. Yep. And then when it's time to to cut down again, your stomach is going like, no, I like four and a half cups of food. I don't like three cups of food. Right. Compared to let's add some higher density calorie into that three cups of food and keep your stomach thinking I still need three cups of food to be full. And then when it's time to cut it out, you just clean up what you're eating. Doesn't that See, make I like more that. sense? So I absolutely, and I'm not a professional at this at all. It's just no. stuff makes sense in my head for me. And this is kind of how I follow things. So when I yeah. need to go up or if I need more calories, I don't eat more. I just eat more dense food, milkshakes, That's interesting. more cheeses, like yeah, ice cream. Ice cream is a very dense food and it could be, I mean, I, I usually move to like, I mean, steak is a dense food. Mm -hmm. Let's just put that out there like that. That's usually if I'm going to add to my diet, it's going to be some sort of red meat because that's the densest of the meats. I mean, out of pork and chicken or and beef, I'm going to go beef. Um, but some other dense, like what, like what would you do on other, like, uh, so if you wanted to get some, I guess vegetables, you're not going to get a ton of dense vegetable, but like, I guess you could do some grains. Grains are sure. dense. Um, but I like ice cream. I, I, I say stay with ice cream. I think if you can <laughs> handle dairy, ice cream is ice cream and quesadillas. <laughs> yeah. Quesadilla you know, doesn't you know, take up much room and it's got a lot of calories in it. You know what else has a lot of calories and people are probably going to like think I'm an idiot, but whatever, um, is uh, eggnog. <laughs> yeah. Like, I'll buy a jug of eggnog and just chug it. And yeah. I do it because I do it to gross out my family a little bit because I'm the only one in the house that that drinks it. But there we're talking about a dense 
a, a dense drink right there. We got eggs, we got egg and dairy, like basically, and and it's really thick. That's pretty <laughs> much melted ice cream. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what it is, dude. Um, but yeah, that's uh, I like that. That's that's a really good way of putting that. You know, um, I, I vaguely said add more, and then you, I like how you came back and said no, add more dense. Because that yeah. makes more sense, and that's more specific. I like that. And that's just one of the ways that, for me, I've been able to kind of manipulate. I mean, for people who don't know, I've I have fluctuated over fifty pounds in weightlifting. Like wow. I've I've I started out at a certain weight. I dropped about twenty five. I went up about twenty five. I kind of stick around somewhere in the middle. Um, Nice. But it's it's never been one of those things where drastic things had to happen. And I mean, right now it's a little bit harder because I've actually filled out kind of where my weight class is. Um, yeah. So I have less fat to eat, lose easily. Um, but still, it's it just stuff makes sense for my for me. I'm not saying it'll make sense yeah. for everybody, but for me. Well, and that's that's part of my little my little deal there is that like everybody is grown to eat a little bit different you know broccoli may hit certainly like a different way than it with you than it does me and and we should know these things before we go out and make proclamations that like this is how weightlifters should eat yeah. you know that, that's not that's not okay and if you're really like if you're really concerned about it go out and find a nutritionist maybe get a second opinion after that um and then um you know, figure out what works for you. Do some blood tests, figure out how your, how your how food works in your blood and how you digest. Yeah. But, uh, all right. You got any more of those, uh, those pet peeves <laughs> that, that you want to open up? I guess I should say, cause, uh, I got some, but I'm probably not going to talk about them. So, <laughs> um, I'd say some of the other ones are coaches who, oversell how good a lift was yeah. like they, they give their athlete some false confidence that like, mm. Oh, that, that was great. And then they go to competition and they bomb out doing great lifts with what they yeah. think are great lifts. Yeah. Um, I think that that would be definitely, that's probably a more serious pet peeve where I'm like, that's just the wrong style of coaching. Um, yeah. So I think that, I think that I would probably guess that that's to, keep but that's like a, some sort of a retention trick sure you know you want to you want to keep people on your team but that's that's a horrible way to be uh to to coach people because yeah there's a, we've talked about this there's a yeah. huge responsibility of being a coach yeah today i was talking to a couple of people in the gym and one of the things that they were saying that drove them nuts uh, we just had our meet and it's people who are flipping out at the judges for a call that they don't like yeah. <laughs> and oh man. One of the things that I said is I see I don't even can even put a number on it. 10 times more I see people give away lifts that shouldn't be than yeah. take than red light lifts. Yeah. There's I so many that. lifts that I see where I'm like, "Oh, they're okay." Yeah. And it's like, "Well, I'm I'm not up there on the panel. I'm not volunteering my time for free. I'm not doing a job like that's the thing that a lot of people don't understand is all of the judges and all the volunteers, they're volunteers for like USAW yeah, and at the big yeah. meets. And 
then all of a sudden they got people screaming at them and uh, flipping out. And it's like, they made a judgment call. If, yeah. if one of them gave you a red light and the other two gave him white. Okay. Then that was a good lift. But if more right. than one people, it's not like one person's making the, the complete judgment call for the whole lift. Yeah. And I get that. And yeah. Dude, I'm with you on that. That, that, that is one of those things that every sports has. They all sports have some sort of officiating. And no, there is not one sport out there that has found a way to make it completely perfect. I mean, I was just, Bowling. I was just in oh, what that? Bowling. Bowling. <laughs> you might've got me on that one, actually. Yeah, no, that makes sense because they have the little light, the laser. And if you cross the line, the shit beeps. <laughs> Done. We know what happened. Um, we, we saw you cross the line. No, but like I was just yelling at the TV about the officiating on the football game. So it's like, you know, every sport has it, but um, you're right. The thing that, that kind of sets weightlifting aside is these people are not being paid. For the most part, I guess it depends on the meat, but for the most part, they're not being paid. They're volunteering their time. Um, they took the time to take whatever, you know, go through whatever certification because there is a certification you have to go through. That doesn't make them, um, you know, experts by any means, but they are concentrated to look at a certain thing. And that's all they're doing that day. And if they see something, they see something. You know, you just, it's like you can argue with them all day, but like, at the end of the day, just make your lift better. Yeah. And yeah. some of the other stuff that I don't think a lot of lifters know is if there's an A session. Um, so obviously this is not a local meet. This would be a national meet. Yeah. Um, if there's an A session, there's a jury. And if the yeah. jury is yeah. there, uh, so the, the people who are the judges, they get critiqued based on how many white lights and red lights they give. So if, if the jury ends up overturning something, that's actually a strike against the judges, uh, for the, for them to be able to move up because there's like oh. local level, there's national level, then there's international level. Shoot. I did not know this. So that's partially why there's going to be a jury. It's almost like the jury is the, the real judges, but they're letting the little interns down front be the judges and cause they're trying to work their way up into the like the international level. I'm, I'm, I haven't gone through any of that training. I have no desire to do that training. Yeah. So I yeah. could be off, but that's from what I have learned from what I've listened to. No, that makes sense. I get it. I feel like I've heard cause Joe Beck has gone through all kinds of training and has done a million different things for USAW. And I feel like I've heard him talk about this. So, um, I think, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're right. So, uh, all right, dude. Uh, we're at 42 minutes. I think that's probably good. Uh, great to get on the mic with you today. Again, thank you for, um, rescheduling yeah. because of my, my once every three years illness. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't do sick well and that's okay. I, I think I'm a lot not, like you where you only yeah. get sick every two or three years, but you make up for it in that week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know, I think I talked about it on the polo today. Like there's this, there's weird, this weird, like thing about in my industry that when you call out you're weak and I'm like, you know, I don't, I, I'm to the point where I don't care about that. I'm going to call yeah. out because I'm sick and I'm not trying to like get everybody sick before they're, you know, their Thanksgiving and all that. I think so. that should be the opposite. Like with food, it's like, 
you're handling people's food. You may exactly. Really be sick. <laughs> you should stay home. Don't be don't be spreading that stuff, man. Uh, anyways, uh, Cornell, hey, I hope uh, you. I'm sure I'll talk to you, but just just in case, I hope you and your family having a fantastic Thanksgiving, and you get to do everything uh, and eat everything you want. Yeah, you too. Hope you ordered all Thanks. everything you want. <laughs> <laughs> yes. For those of you who, do, who don't know, I do not cook on Thanksgiving anymore. Um, I used to, but I do not anymore. And it's the one that's the one day a year that I will refuse to cook. And that's okay. <laughs> I think we should all have hard lines right there. That's my hard line. Um, all right. Well, everybody, thanks for, uh, thanks for coming on. And uh, we will talk.